also consider them to be very close friends. And so we're thankful for their friendship. We're, we're thankful for your prayers, faithfully supporting us. Uh, and so, again, thank you. Uh, on our website, when we leave tracks on the back of the tract in English, it, it has the website austinforchrist.com. And when they click on there, it shows this church as one of the churches, one of the locations where they can go to a church in English. And so um, I don't know if anybody has ever came here because of that, but we do want them to know about this church and to be able to, uh, to visit it. We do pass them mostly in North Austin, so um, I don't know about you know the distance, but we've passed out, I would say, about 100,000 tracks or 100 to 100, about 100,000 people since we've moved there. But if you think about Austin having almost a million people inside the city limits, I mean, it would take us another, what is it, 50 years or so to have everybody receive just one gospel tract. So there's a big need. And if you could pray that God would even start other churches inside of Austin and bring other people inside of Austin and, and that the church members of those churches in Austin would also uh, share the gospel here as we continue sharing the gospel through missions in other places. And so, again, we're thankful for the church. And I will ask you to open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, and I'll ask you to stand with me. I will be in chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on an hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they see heaven. Let's pray. Well, I want to thank you for another opportunity to preach your word. And I ask that you would use me, that your Holy Spirit would speak through me, that your Holy Spirit would speak to every person listening and convict them in the areas that you would like them to be guided by your Holy Spirit. Pray that you help us be light, and that you would help me expound this passage and apply it to our lives, and that you would give me boldness to do so. And I pray these things in Jesus' name, that if there's any uh, distractions, even uh, any evil spirits, that you would deliver us from evil, and that we would be able to pay attention to your word, to obey it. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. God is light. God is light. And we see that Jesus tells us in this passage, ye are the light of the world. Now, he is light. We see that in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. I'll ask you to turn there. The creator of the world 
It says here, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and His life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Verses 9 through 12. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on His name. Notice verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so God Himself manifested Himself in the flesh, and He is light. We see in chapter 3, John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21, And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. And then in chapter 8, John chapter 8, and verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So Jesus is the light. How do we become light? And I'll ask you to turn to the book of Exodus as an illustration, as an example Exodus chapter 3, I will read verses 1 through 5, and then I will read verse, verses 10 through 12. So Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush, and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. And verses 10 through 12. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I? That I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of, out of Egypt. And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee, that I have set thee. 
when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And so, continuing shining beyond, in the regions beyond, and we see that we need to be on fire for God by the Holy Spirit. In this passage, Moses there saw a bush, and it was on fire. Now, that's not the miracle. We could take a bush and light it on fire, and it, it's consumed quickly. But see, God chose that bush, and the miracle was that God was in the bush, and that bush did not consume, it did not burn up. It was on fire, and it continued shining. And now God could have chosen a sequoia tree. The sequoia tree is the greatest, the biggest tree that exists today. They say that it could grow up to 36 and a half feet wide. I mean, that's a huge tree. But God, in this passage, didn't choose a sequoia tree to come down as a fire on there. He didn't choose pine trees. He didn't choose cedars of Lebanon. He chose, he chose a, a bush, just a bush. And so what's amazing about it, it's not the bush. It's God's presence in the bush. And see, He can use us, even if we're not great sequoia trees, even if we don't think, wow, you know, God's going to use me because I'm this huge tree and I'm so amazing and so great. No, God will choose us when we're just bushes. And His presence in us and lighting and shining through us, it's what's amazing and the miracle. So it's not us, but it's God in us. And He told Moses, I will send thee. I will send thee. And see, God wants to send us, and He has sent us. He told His church. And so, now, in that passage, He was telling Moses that He would send Moses back to Egypt to deliver, to use Him to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. Now, even though Egypt and the children of Israel and Pharaoh, all of those were historical, factual events and people, they also represent different things in our lives. So, in the Bible, when we see Egypt, it many times represents the world and sinfulness. When we see Pharaoh, it represents Satan and wickedness. And so God is saying, I want to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. And in the same way, He wants to deliver us out of bondage, out of sinfulness, out of death, and the condemnation of the lake of fire to eternal life with Him. And God did that. He, it shows there in Exodus chapter 19... In verses 9 through 11, what God promised Moses actually happened. Exodus chapter 19, verses 9 through 11. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people, Unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes and be ready against the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. Now notice that they were all going to hear God's voice and they were all going to see God as a flame of fire. We see verses 17 through 19. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke. 
Because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Now notice before he chose a little bush. Now he's descending upon this Mount Sinai in fire. And says that the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, notice this, and God answered him by a voice. Now, the first 17 verses of chapter 20 are the Ten Commandments, the first Ten Commandments. And while God was speaking these Ten Commandments, every single person in the nation of Israel was able to see God on top of Mount Sinai as a flame of fire. And they themselves heard God's own voice speaking these commandments. And notice what it says there in chapter 20, verse 22. And the Lord said unto Moses, Thus thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, Ye have seen that I have taught with you from heaven. And so before God chose to manifest himself as a flame of fire in that bush, and now he's manifesting himself as a flame of fire on top of Mount Sinai. And so the amazing thing is not the bush or the mount, it's God in that bush, God in that mount. And see, that same God that manifested himself in that bush and in that mount to the entire nation of Israel is the same God who manifested himself in the flesh. So it wasn't God the Father who manifested Himself to Moses and who manifested Himself on Mount Sinai. It was God the Word, and the Word was made flesh. And so no man had seen God the Father. We go to John chapter 6 and verse 46. Not that any man had seen the Father... Save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. And so that means that the same God, God the Word, who manifested himself in that bush, who manifested himself on Mount Sinai, is the same God who became flesh, who manifested himself in the flesh to save humanity. He lived a perfect life. He never sinned. Died on the cross as it was prophesied. Was buried, rose the third day. So that anyone who accepts Him as their Redeemer, who allows Him to pay their sin that purchased their soul, He will give them the gift of life, the gift of heaven for eternity. And that moment, the Holy Spirit indwells the believer permanently. So from that moment, the same light that God the Word was in that bush, and then God the Word was on that Mount Sinai, Manifested himself in the flesh, and the Holy Spirit is in us, but God also says that Jesus is in us, and also God the Father is in us. So now we have God in us so that we can submit to the Holy Spirit and shine like He has shown. And that's the miracle, not how impressive we are as a sequoia tree. We're not, we're a bush. We can even call ourselves a tumbleweed. But see, God is the one who makes that light and who shines through us. And so we see there that we need to submit to the Holy Spirit and we will shine when we obey Him. Matthew chapter 28. 
Matthew chapter 28. See, just like God told Moses he would send him over to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, God tells us, His church, it says this, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, notice the all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And this context is referring to going and preaching the gospel so that people can be saved, so that people can accept Christ as their Redeemer. There's no salvation without redemption. But once we're saved, we're redeemed by the blood of Christ, now we can be baptized, and baptism does not save us. It's a symbol that we were dead in trespasses and sins, and now we're raised, and we have eternal life, just like Jesus was raised from the dead, and He gives us eternal life. And so we ought to shine, because now we have the Holy Spirit in us. We ought to continue shining. We ought to be on fire for God by the Holy Spirit. And we see there in chapter 5 of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Notice he tells us, ye are the light of the world. And now we know why. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. You cannot hide an entire city that's brightly shining. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. We don't put these lights under the benches, you know. We use them to shine the auditorium and shine where we're at. And so God says, don't hide your light, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. And so God tells us, because you are light, because the Holy Spirit indwells you, and the light of God, the fire of the Holy Spirit can shine through you, it says then, let your light so shine before men. And so, is God's light shining through you? Continue shining to the regions beyond. And it says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Some people are like the CIA agents. They're secret so-called Christians. They don't want anybody to find out. They're undercover. They're on a mission. They don't want anybody to know Because they're secret agents. Well, God doesn't want us to be secret agents. He wants everybody to see God's light through us. And so he's saying that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So live a holy life by submitting to God. Live a holy life by submitting to the Holy Spirit. And in this missions conference, in this missions emphasis month, we ought to be that light that doesn't just shine here. But we can shine beyond where we're at, regions beyond. And so if you as a church are shining brightly, even people in places, who are, people who are not here in other places beyond will also be able to see that gospel. By you sharing the gospel here where you're at and by giving to missions, other people in other regions beyond Austin, beyond Texas, beyond even this country, even around the world can hear the gospel and be saved. And so it says, glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so 
Sharing the gospel and people being saved does glorify God. It does bring glory to God. That's what he wants. He doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants all to be saved. He wants everyone to hear the gospel, repent, and allow Christ to redeem them. That's why he that's why Christ died on the cross. And so some of the things that we can do as believers to be that shining light concerning missions and concerning the gospel is handing out tracts, handing out gospel tracts. And you can uh, go and buy some food and you might even be going through the drive through at a restaurant, a fast food place, and you can get your food, receive a receipt and hand them a tract and you can just drive off. You can buy your groceries and give a track to the cashier when you get the receipt. You can leave a, a track there in the little cart. Just put the little seat down. Somebody will read it. Somebody will get it. Whether or not they read it, whether or not they trust Christ as their Redeemer, that's between them and God. But see, God has told us to be that light, to shine, and to plant that seed of the gospel. And it's not up to us for them to have that that heart that's good soil, that's between them and God. It's our responsibility to plant the gospel, to plant that seed. And so continue shining, continue shining to the regions beyond. Other things that you can do to share the gospel, to share a gospel tract. If, if you go to the post office, you can leave gospel tracts throughout the post office. Sometimes I go there after they're closed at night to get my mail. And I can leave it on the tables, leave it on some windowsills, leave it where they drop off the, the mail. I, I can leave easily like 30 gospel tracts without it being very obvious. And that's gospel tracts that some people may get. If they throw it away, that's between them and God. But they got the gospel. They can't say, nobody gave me the gospel. They have the gospel. You can write down the P.O. box numbers and mail them a gospel tract. You can uh, drive down your street and either just leave them on the doors you don't have to knock. You can just walk and, and leave them on the doors. Or if, if for some reason you can't walk or you don't want to do that, you can even write down the numbers and just get a small envelope. Write my neighbor, their house number, their street name, and mail it to them. Put a stamp on there and mail them a gospel tract. And so there are so many ways that you can do that. My, my wife has also taken different streets besides what we do just passing on tracks and leaving tracks on the doors. And she's also mailed, just, you can even go on the internet through Google Maps and other places and, and see different roads and different house numbers and just send them the gospel. You can be a light here beyond your house, beyond the region of your neighborhood, beyond even Austin. By doing that, you can send a gospel track anywhere in this country, just, you know, a little stamp on there and you can, Share the light beyond to the regions beyond. And even through missions, through missions giving, you can send the light across the country, across the world, to people who speak different languages. And so are you doing your part to be that light? Are you submitting to the Holy Spirit? See, God wants us to be holy. God wants us to be godly. And God wants to shine through us. He is not a dimmer and see, darkness and wickedness cannot turn off the light. It doesn't matter how dark darkness is. Darkness can never turn off the light. Amen. But we can choose to live a clean life, a godly life, so God's light can shine through us. But when we sin, we start covering that light. 
And we start covering that light of God through us, and God doesn't want that. See, the Holy Spirit is grieved when we sin. God wants us to live a godly, holy life. And then your testimony and your life itself will be the type of life that other people will want to live. And they'll look at your marriage and say, and I, I wish my marriage was like that. And you can say, here's God's light. Your marriage can be like this. God wants your life to be better. And I wish my children were like that. Here's God's light. Here's the answer. God wants you to have a better relationship with your children. And, and any area of your life, you can be a light to them. And Jesus is light. And God tells us, be holy for I am holy. And he is holy, holy, holy. So don't sin. Now, it's not that we can stop sinning the rest of our life, but we can live a life that pleases Him. God's forgiveness is not an excuse to continue sinning. But what we can do is say, God, help me. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like that. I want you to cleanse me, and I want your light to shine through me. Show me how I can be a light to other people today. Show me how I can pray for others today. And by praying for missionaries and letting them know you're praying for them, even sending them a letter or a, a card or a message, uh, an email, that helps them continue knowing that there are people praying for them and encouraging them so that they can be a light where you're at. And so continue supporting missions faithfully. And you can decide, say, God, speak to me. How much do you want me to give to missions? And you might say, preacher, you know, I don't have a lot of money left over. And you know, I don't know about giving to missions. I don't know about giving extra above my tithe to help other people in other countries hear the gospel. But many times, it's because we don't use the money that God gives us wisely. You know, if you stop drinking soda and then use all that money that you wasted drinking soda and gave it to missions, wow, missions giving would improve dramatically every month. If you think about it, and so there are ways that we can save money and give more to missions. And it's also going to be good for your body. You know, so you're going to be healthier and you're going to be rewarded. Because when you waste your money in things that are bad for you and things that you don't really need, what is going to happen is your body is going to be less healthy and you're making them wealthier, but you're not getting any rewards for it. But when you give to missions, God says, I will reward you. And that is not like... The, the employer paying you something, it's an eternal reward in heaven Amen. that nobody can steal. You can't lose stocks there. They're not going to have somebody breaking into your house and stealing the things you buy. Yeah, there's not going to be a fire in your home that will burn everything up and then you're going to wish that you had done more for missions. We know a lady, uh, their, their family lives in Houston and after many years of being in church, and they, they were faithful in church and, and giving missions and tithing and whatnot, but they said we could have done so much more, but instead we focused on us having things and, and their house ended up burning up and they lost everything. They, had, they didn't think that was going to happen to them, so they didn't have home insurance to cover that. And they said, you know what? I wish I would have invested more money in missions instead of wasting it on all the things that, I had, that we had purchased. And so... We can learn from other people's mistakes and say, I want an eternal reward. I don't want my money to just be wasted and then wonder, where is it? Well, other people might not wonder. They'll be like, well, yeah, you gained a few more pounds. That's where it's at, right? But it's not, it's not good for us. But when we give to missions, giving to missions is going to be a blessing to other missionaries so that they can share the gospel with other people 
And when they get saved, when they share the gospel, you have a reward. Sometimes we think, if someone doesn't get saved, then that was a waste of my time, that was a waste of those tracks, that was a waste of everything. But you know what? God doesn't reward us only for those people who got saved. He rewards us for every gospel track that you pass out. For everything that you do as unto the Lord, He will reward you. So when He tells that person, I'm going to pay you $20 an hour to go plant those seeds, the, the person planting those seeds, they don't care if those seeds produce fruit or not. They're just paid to plant. And so God says, look, I'm going to reward you for going out there and being the light of the gospel and shining and, and planting the, the seed of the gospel. Whether or not they get saved, you will be rewarded for doing what I told you to do. And so be a light. Continue shining and let the fire of God shine through you by submitting to the Holy Spirit. There was a pastor who I heard an illustration. His name is uh, Dr. Edmund Fernandez. And he said that there was a really bad winter storm. And I don't remember if it was in Alaska or uh, Canada, somewhere out there. But there was this really bad winter storm. And the pilot flying this plane with, you know, filled with passengers, they, uh, he was not able to see clearly because of the storm. And so he... Uh, they were supposed to land, and he called the uh, tower there and told them where, that he couldn't really see the landing strip, and they said, well, these are the coordinates for it. Go ahead and align your plane to these coordinates and just start uh, descending to land, and, and we, uh, you know, we'll get everything ready here. And so they, uh, they cleared the landing strip. They got those big equipment, machine, machinery equipment to clear, clear out all the snow, and so the plane started descending, and, he, and the, the pilot said, I don't see the lights, I don't see the lights, I don't see the runway. And, and they said, well, we see you on, on, on this uh, radar, so just continue descending, and you're on the right track, just continue going. And, and he just continues saying, hey, I, I don't see the lights, can you turn the lights on? And, and they say, the, the lights are on, we double-checked it. And he continues going lower, and once again, I don't see the lights, can you turn the lights on? And they say, the lights are on, we made sure that we turned them on, we checked the, the light switch, the, the lights are on. And so he says, just continue descending a few more seconds. You should be able to see the lights. And so he continues descending and boom, they crash. And the plane crashes and they, they died. And they were wondering, why? Why did he not see the lights? The lights were turned on. And they went out there and what happened is the snow, when they cleared those, uh, th those lights were covered by the snow. And he couldn't see the lights, and they crashed. And so God's light is shining in you, but don't let things cover your light. And then people will be dying and going to the lake of fire because they don't see the light. But if, if you shine brightly, if you continue shining with the fire of the Holy Spirit through you, submitting to the Holy Spirit, living a clean life so that they can see your good works, so that they can hear the gospel through you, there's, there will be hope. For the people who don't have hope otherwise. And so Matthew chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Are you being that bright light? Are you on fire for God? Are you
you submitting to the Holy Spirit? Are you being used of God to share the gospel personally and around the world through giving to missions? Let your light so shine, continue shining to the regions beyond with the gospel. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you.